Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast with me, Johnny Pardo, here to help you coach through self-doubt to self-confidence. Today, I have a guest on my show today. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you, Johnny. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm so, super excited to have you as well. And um, I know you're going to give great value and um, I love everything you share and uh, the energy you're always giving off. So it's going to be a great conversation today. So Ashley, just a, a brief intro into Ashley. Ashley is a mentor for leaders, guiding them to have more authenticity and abundance in their lives. So Ashley, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today. Be brilliant to hear. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Um, and again, I love your energy too. So I know today is going to be amazing. But so where, how I got here, well, it all started um, back with my dad. My dad was the happiest person I had ever met in my entire life. And as I grew older, I found that society placed lenses on him and they couldn't handle his energy and he was too goofy and too much like a kid. So they put the mask that he had significant mental health and in turn, people pushed him away. He felt like he was isolated. He felt crazy himself. Um, and it ended with him committing suicide. And I was so similar to my dad, very playful, very outgoing, um, embodied just this really strong energy that some people it was really hard for them to receive and as I grew older and hearing that my dad had mental health I realized that like if I wanted to be accepted I really couldn't be like that and then when he committed suicide it was like the final the straw that broke the camel's back it was like at that point Ashley really had to lock her truest self up if she wanted to get anywhere in life and if she wanted to get anywhere in life, her purpose had to be like chasing the dollar, being a mom, the things that society said she needed to be. So I like in turn went the completely other direction. I became very uptight, uh, not really fun to be around, really negative, um, all of the things. And then I got married, I adopted my son. And at 32 years old, my entire infrastructure for happiness was ripped out from under me. Um, we had the dream house, our dream cars. I had a career, my husband had a career. We appeared to be the picturesque, perfect American family. Um, and we got divorced. Some major things happened and divorce occurred and I lost everything. I lost my friends, I lost my family, I lost my dog, I lost my son, I lost my house. Um, everything that I had really built my happiness around was external and it was all gone. And I just self-destructed. Um, I was on a mission, I believe, to ultimately kill myself, whether it, you know, it wasn't outright, but the things I was doing were gonna end up with me dead or kidnapped or, or something horrible. And um, in my job I was currently at, I was placed on a performance improvement plan and I received reflective coaching. And through the reflective coaching, I realized like I had two options. Either I continue my life like this, feeling miserable, no purpose, nothing, 
Or I get back to that Ashley that I remembered as a kid, the Ashley that I locked away when my dad committed suicide. And I started to toy around with stepping into her again, which of course I got mixed reviews from people um, because Ashley in alignment is very outgoing. She is very energetic. She's very in your face. She tells it like it is. She's happy all the time. Um, and slowly but surely, I did a lot of work on myself and I started out coaching women after divorce because I never wanted another woman to feel as lonely and lost as I did. Um, so that's where my coaching began was, it was working with other women. And in that process, I started to surround myself with other entrepreneurs and leaders and CEOs. And I found that the impact I was having on them. And actually someone said to me, like, you need to coach leaders. You are a leader of leaders. You can have a much larger impact than you are having. And at first, of course, my limiting beliefs were like, no way, no way. Um, and then I looked at the coaching I was doing and with the women in divorce, I was helping them find their alignment, get back in touch with their truest self, healing their childhood traumas. And I was a child protection worker for over a decade and I have extensive training on childhood trauma. And I utilize that training to work through the traumas of, our, of people's childhoods that wrote the narratives that they were listening to and, and helped put that mask on who their truest self was and to uncover that and to step in to alignment. So in that process, I created what I call the unicorn effect method. And it is a six month program and it has three different components to it. The first component is discovery. That's where we really dive deep and, and find out what are those narratives you've been telling yourself um, and that were put on you in childhood that you adapted to. And then the second phase is um, expert alignment. And I bring in other experts in fields such as meditation, yoga, breath work, whatever we find fits you the best to really continue to deeply unpack those narratives and start to rewrite them. And then the final phase is breakthrough and support. And that's where we really integrate you being in alignment and what that looks like in your business and in your personal life. Now that we've shed all of the things that were placed on you, it's time to rebuild you. So the unicorn effect method essentially takes people who are stuck in the hustle culture, which it's not talked about often, but hustle culture and being a workaholic is actually a very significant addiction. And if you look at it from the standpoint of addiction that it is, essentially people become addicted to something because they're running from something, right? They're running from usually themselves. So I help you get back into alignment. So not only are you living a life of bliss and abundance, but you are like thriving. You're not just surviving. Your business is thriving. You trust in yourself. You trust in your employees and you're not having to work 20 hours a day because that, that doesn't work, right? Like we're here, we're a spiritual being having a human experience and we're not put on this earth just to experience work, right? So essentially that's in a nutshell kind of where I'm at today and working with six and seven figure, you know, entrepreneurs, CEOs, um, self-employed individuals who are just stuck in that rat race of that hustle culture and continuously 
hit goals and don't feel a sense of accomplishment. They're just on to the next goal and they just never feel fulfilled because they're not living in alignment and they're not living in their purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I, I think the importance of something I've picked up is, you know, you're working with these six, seven figure sort of entrepreneurs who not they're not necessarily always happy because they're not connecting with you know their true selves and i love like the nature of the work you're doing one thing i particularly picked up on what you were saying was the the child work and for me that was quite a powerful one and actually it's it's quite emotional when you first do it actually it's like you're talking mm-hmm. to that kid that you've neglected within yourself and yeah it can get quite emotional so what are some of the ways you would get people to connect with their inner child because I, I know you're very keen on connecting with your inner child and I, I saw you jumping in puddles and fun things like that, but <laughs> which is brilliant. Yeah. So I would say the biggest piece starts out with really writing a letter to your inner child. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a letter that can kind of take it wherever you need to take it, where it feels that needs to be expressed, discussing things that occurred in your childhood and how you as an adult would have shown up differently for that child and how you are there for them now. Because essentially we are the parent to our inner child now. Mm. So we can fix those wounds because it's all within us. We just have to nurture and provide the attention and acknowledgement of the pain that child went through. And you know, Johnny, I have a date with my inner child at least every week. And then we have other special dates, depending on how life is going, because if anything is going to get in my way from continuing to stay in alignment, it's my inner child. My inner child is, is who built all the fears of this world, who built all the walls, which it needed to, in order to survive, that was survival techniques then, but now I'm an adult in a different place. And that inner child needs to know that, that I'm here to keep them safe and they are not going to be hurt anymore. And, and in turn, then you don't get the resistance and the fear that you would in the past. Um, So yeah, usually the first step is really writing that letter to the inner child and, and honoring what your child, your inner child went through, what you went through essentially as a child um, and letting your inner child know how you would be there for them and how you are there for them now versus prior. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that actually starting that communication, getting it down on, on paper and out of your head and, and speaking to them. So absolutely resonate with connecting with the, the inner child because sometimes <laughs> overworking I've, I found, and it's probably something you found a lot of people do when you overwork, you can get that inner child can sort of kick off a little bit. It's not happy. And you're just you're just ignoring it sometimes and you know that makes things a lot worse so actually having that good communication I love what you said about having at least a weekly date with your inner child so you can have fun as well alongside obviously all the work you're doing I know you're a very very busy well you know very very busy person trying to deliver a lot but making sure that's a priority for you it sounds like it is a priority so yeah definitely and and actually every day for me, Johnny, I incorporate some sort of play. Mm-hmm. And and so often people think of play as something like super in your face, like you said earlier, jumping in puddles, dancing down the street, which I do all of those because that is the play that serves me best. But sometimes play for someone might be reading a book, meditation, mm-hmm. 
yoga. I mean, play has a spectrum. And what play is, is where you escape to. It's that time when like time doesn't exist and you can completely focus in and be in that flow state. Um, and when you're able to activate that, that is a sense of play. And when you really get in touch with that inner child, you start to approach everything in life with curiosity and wonder. Like, yeah, sometimes I still get upset when things don't go as exactly as I planned, but I can always choose my second thought, right? So then I look at it with a sense of like, okay, what is the universe telling me? Why is my launch not occurring when it, when it is supposed to? Like, this is an opportunity in everything. And if you think of like a two-year-old, four-year-old, even six-year-old, mm. they're just walk through this world with why, 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 why? So they never are negative about it. They just want to know why. It's that sense of curiosity and wonder and fully stepping into alignment with your inner child. That's how you approach everything in life. Everything is an opportunity. Even the shittiest of shitty things is an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for some sort of human connection, an opportunity to slow down, whatever it may be, it contains an opportunity that is actually positive. Yeah, yeah, love that. And I, I like what you said about play being, you know, for one person, it might be completely different to the next person as well. Um, obviously, you said you like, you know, doing a puddle stuff or jumping in the street. I like just wandering around, like aimlessly, just walking around um, you know, the street, just going for a walk, or whatever, even a run sometimes. So I know it varies from person to person. So I love that there's such a, you know, range we can choose from, but it's got to be right for you as well to really connect with that child because you need, you, you, you're going to know yourself best. So that's a great point. Um, so next thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about was beliefs really, because what we believe in ourselves sort of like dictates our actions a little bit. So did you find there was a big shift in beliefs about yourself and life as you, you kind of went more into your journey a little bit? Of course, a hundred percent. The beliefs I carried before were beliefs that were, I don't put on me. They were presented to me and I took them on as my own if that makes sense. As I grew up, you know, as a child, you look to the adults around you and you take on their belief systems. And then, you know, as you grow older, you get into like, say college and you take on the belief systems of the people that are in college with you. And then you go to work and you take, like, it's constantly taking on other people's belief systems. And in the process of getting back to myself, I sh had to shed that. So it wasn't like adding new things, right? It was releasing the things that I have placed over the top of my belief systems. And in turn, when I released other people's belief systems, I gained more confidence and trust in myself because for example, one divorce, divorce was seen as like a really awful thing, right? By the people around me, I lost all my friends. So that was a belief system that was placed on me. And then when I went through divorce, it was even worse because I was following that belief system that this is awful. It's the end of the world. And now today, my belief system is that was the best fucking thing that ever happened to me, Johnny. Mm -hmm. And I think it was huge to the collective because going through that allowed me 
to go on this journey of unlocking my truest self and now being on this journey with tons of other people to unlock themselves. I mean, how beautiful is that? And I'm not saying divorce is for everyone, but I'm saying I don't carry that judgment anymore that I was a bad person because I went through this or my life was over. Instead, I've rewrote that narrative. So yes, my beliefs have completely changed. Yes, there are some that I've chose to keep um, that do serve me, but I will tell you, this is a constant journey, Johnny. And, you know, certain things happen in life and I'll be like, oh, what's the belief? What's the story I'm telling myself right now? That doesn't make sense. And then I find something new that either I can keep or I can shed. And that's the beauty of like this growth process is when you find a story you're telling yourself, you don't have to get rid of it, right? Like if it serves you, keep it. But if it doesn't serve you, you have the ability to get rid of it. So it totally brings back that control of yourself and your journey and your beliefs and your values. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you touched on as you've, you've been developing, you're, you're constantly discovering new beliefs. And that's something I, I've recognized people I've worked with, like clients and people like that, always we're uncovering new beliefs. Um, and that's part of your growth as well. We often, the more we come out of our comfort zone and grow ourselves, the more kind of things we can uncover a little bit. So um, I'm glad you're, you're kind of saying it. And is it something, even working with six, seven bigger sort of entrepreneurs, I guess they're always uncovering new beliefs as well within themselves. Yeah. And, you know, we're all, when you break everything down, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Yeah. Like six, seven figure earners, women going through divorce, like mm. we're all humans. So we all contain that just because you're a six, seven figure earner, or, you know, some big CEO of a big business doesn't mean you're superhuman. So it's, that's the beauty of this is that when you really strip it all down, we're all the same right? So we all have the same thing. So no one is above this work. Some people aren't ready for this work, 100%. Get it. Honor that. If you are happy with where you are at and mediocre is, is your plan for life, that is you. You do you. And I honor you for that. And, and I was there once. But if you are ready to step in that next you know, stage of your growth and really find your truest alignment, the process is the same for everyone. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's 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 kind of a journey I've had myself. That the more more you grow, the more kind of insecurities and challenges can come up in your head because it's like you're coming out of that safe zone. Um, but the safe zone doesn't, you know, necessarily feel like I'm fulfilling or growing. So um, I'm really glad you brought that one up as well. So great point there and do you find when you kind of like from the people you've worked with whether that was you know the, the when you're working with divorce or when you're working with leaders at the moment do you find there's a general sort of like challenge with people being authentic um I get what what do you mean by that Johnny give me a little more context so kind of like being able to, you know, express who they are a lot more and kind of do what they love. Or do you feel like 
there's a challenge with people conditioned to be a certain way a lot of the time and kind of just following it for the hustle. Do you, do you find that's a bit of a challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's just overall, that's what society, you know, like you're supposed to be the men are supposed to be the breadwinners. They're supposed to provide for their family. You know, hustle culture is really fostered from all areas. Um, so, but what I find is the container I provide people, it's really beautiful to see how quickly they can become authentic. Mm -hmm. And another piece that I didn't share is, um, within the first month of us working together, we spend an actual day together. And I call it a day of magic. And essentially it's a day based on your inner child and different questions I ask you to really get to know. And it's like a full fuck yes day, Johnny. It's a day where you just get to have fun. And at first it's hard for people, right? Because they're not used to that. But me, that's how I live. So after being around me and my energy for a little bit, it's hard not to just fully step in and have a hell of a time, especially because it's catered around your inner child. So it's things that were really impactful and positive as a child. So I really think that jumpstarts the ability to have that trusting relationship with one another, as well as you get, they get a, a, a glimpse into their most authentic self as an adult. So then that gives us stuff to really unpack and what was uncomfortable and what, what worked, what didn't work. Why do you think you had so much resistance to dancing in the street? What, what were those feelings that came up? So I guess ultimately I've found that people are able to enter into it pretty easily. And, and, and I think a big part, like I said, is my own energy and that I'm showing up that way. When you're around people that are showing up that way, it's hard not to show up that way because it's much easier to be your most authentic self. That is the funniest part out of all this, Johnny, is it is so much harder to try to be what society is telling you to be. We think it's easy. We think it's easy, right? But once you really step in and taste what your authentic self is like, it's like this relief. Oh, like I can just be me. It's kind of like when you get home, if you're a woman, you'll understand this and you take off your bra and you're just like, I'm free at last. You know, it's that feeling of like, I can just be me. So it's so much fucking easier, but people think, it's so much harder because they're worried about the judgment. They're worried about what other people would say. They're worried they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing according to everyone around them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's something you touched on there a little bit and it is that I wanted to pick, um, pick, pick as the next sort of question and it is around the people you hang out with. So. How much of a difference has your community, the community or the people you've been hanging out with made to your own growth journey? Huge. Uh, the people you surround yourself, um, the statement, you hang out with five alcoholics, mm. you become the sixth alcoholic. You hang out with five millionaires, you become the sixth millionaire. The people you surround yourself is so, so important. And what I find in working with, with people is that when they're in hustle culture, they don't surround themselves with anyone. They become this lone wolf mentality, which is super uh, supported by culture. That's not the word I'm looking for, but 
it's almost like pushed and like, you should be a lone wolf. I've seen tons of memes on Instagram and stuff. And it's like, I'm a successful woman because I'm a lone wolf or whatever. We are not meant to be lone wolves. We are on this earth for human connection. If you stripped everything away, the bottom line here is human connection. So being a lone wolf is not a badge of honor. Just like being a workaholic is not a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. That is a direct representation that there's alignment issues both in your business and your personal life. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I'm calling a lot of people out right here, but lone wolf, not something you should be proud of mm -hmm. at all. It's, um, yeah, no, it's one of those things that can be conditioned into us as beliefs and, you know, we're, we're always picking on beliefs, but picking up on beliefs, but there's lots of things on social media. It's like, uh, you know, you've got to be working on your, your hustle 20 hours a day, which we had talked about earlier, you know, the lone wolf, I'm glad you, you pick that one up. Um, because you know, you, you can't grow a business that you, you're going to create a business to go out and serve people ultimately, but you can't create that on your your own. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of hard work. We're not denying that, but the the community, the expertise and the support you're going to get is absolutely huge. So um, yeah, thank you for touching on the, the lone wolf um, belief that's put out there sometimes as well. So I'm glad we unpacked that one a little bit. The, the next kind of thing I wanted to really touch on was imposter syndrome a little bit, uh, because that, that's something I think quite a lot of people feel like they're alone experiencing. And I, I always want to emphasize and talk about this quite a lot, that imposter syndrome is something quite a lot of people can experience. And even at levels, you'd be surprised at the people experiencing it in like, you know, leadership or kind of you know, senior managers and things like that. So in in your kind of experience, do you find imposter syndrome is evident at all sorts of different levels when you work with people? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that a lot of times instead of actually addressing the root of the imposter syndrome, which goes back to childhood, I'll be honest with you, almost everything in our mindset goes back to childhood. And that's where you unpack it. So what I find is a lot of the, the grind and working multiple hours is a way to not address the imposter syndrome. Okay, I feel like I'm not worthy. I'm just going to work harder and harder and harder and harder until, I mean, people die from working. They have heart attacks. They have strokes, things like that. And I find that a lot of it is because of the imposter syndrome started. So their way to rectify that is just work more and work harder, work longer, work more, work harder. But the problem is you're not working smarter and you're actually, your productivity is down the shitter because you are working so many hours. So in turn, what you're doing is you're just feeding the imposter syndrome. So it's like a circle. If I had something to draw right now, it's like, okay, Johnny gets the imposter syndrome. So what does he do? He works harder and longer hours. Then what does it do? It makes his productivity and creativity go to shit. So then that just reiterates his imposter syndrome that he can't do anything and he's no good at what he's doing. And so he does it again. And it's just this circle of sickness, just like any addiction. So yeah, I mean that I imposter syndrome is huge. I still have imposter syndrome. 
but I also address it, right? When I realize it's there, I'm like, okay, what's this bringing up? What is the narrative? What is the story I haven't unpacked yet that I'm telling myself? And I go journal, I go swing with my inner child and just say, you know, like, what's going on? We've got big shit coming right now. Like what's creeping up inside and, and just talk it through. But definitely it's a really, really sad, sick, harmful circle that occurs. And a lot of times it started from imposter syndrome. Yeah. And it comes back to self-awareness, what you're saying, ultimately, like going back to journaling, listening to that child. And I'm glad you obviously you've related it back to childhood as well um, in that sense. And so it's, you know, it's so effective to actually sit with yourself and understand what's going on in those cases. So, yeah, great, great point. One one kind of one of the final questions I want to ask you is. Obviously, with as an inner child, we like to kind of be a bit spontaneous and do fun things. But as a business owner, obviously, there are certain things that are needing to be done and sort of like planned into our schedule. How would you go about a typical kind of plan versus flow in your week? And I'm just always intrigued to hear this from different people's perspectives. So I'll just use me as an example. I'm very busy. I run my own business. I coach people. I'm also involved in a lot of different coaching groups and things like that. So of course, certain things are set in my day, right? Non-negotiable, like coaching calls, this call with you right now. I couldn't just be like, Johnny, I decided to go swinging. Like we're not <laughs> doing this today. So there's scheduled things, but then there's also blocks in my day that are allowed for whatever I feel at the moment, right? So it might be to read a book. It might be to go dance down the street. It might be to have a dance party here, but I ensure that I incorporate some of those things throughout my day. And, and for me, it might be yoga. So there are scheduled things. I always make a list of my top three things that need to be accomplished for the day and try to get those done earlier in the day when I have the most energy and momentum, but I also make sure to integrate play throughout the day and that helps me to stay focused and stay in that state of flow um and i also just my work right now to me is my passion i know i'm in alignment so it doesn't feel like work ever it feels like play it feels like this constant growing and evolution of creativity of purpose yeah, there's certain things I've had to learn that I'm like, I hate this. And eventually, you know, I will get a virtual assistant or something to help me with it. But I ha I also sit back and I'm like, this is part of the journey. This is part of the experience, Ashley. You are here to experience life. So then it kind of resets my mind. It's like, okay, I'm like a kid, curiosity and wonder. The first time you rode a bike, all, you know, all of that. And just really soak it in and know that, this is an experience. This is some opportunity I get to have. So I don't know if I really fully answered your question, Johnny, other than the fact that there is concrete things in my day, but I, but play is just as important as the other things. And gratitude, gratitude. I start every day with gratitude. That is a game changer. Take five minutes and list five things you are grateful for every day. If that is the only thing someone gets from this podcast, it will help wonders in shifting your mindset and shifting your 
reflection, your ability to be self-aware of how often through the day you're going into negative mindset. It is huge. I tell all of my clients when they come back and they say, oh, I haven't been doing my gratitude. I'm like, okay, have you been brushing your teeth? Yeah. Well, this is just as fucking important as brushing your teeth. Mm. Like so a, gratitude, daily gratitude, game changer. Yeah, it's the it's the mental, you know, it's, it's, it's training those mental muscles as well, those good, good emotional muscles. So yeah, love I love what you said about <laughs> do it. Have you done your teeth? No. Well, yes. It's like, well, I haven't been in gratitude. It's equally as important, you know. You, yeah. Your teeth, your teeth will rot, you know, if you don't brush them, but your emotional muscles will go to bits if you don't work them. So yeah, love what you said there. It's absolutely. And yeah, you did answer the question. It was what I understood from what you're doing is you, you obviously you do do a little bit of planning as a business owner. There's, you can't be complete flow, obviously, um, all the time. There are certain things we've got to commit to, but what, what I understand you're saying is you also scheduling spontaneous fun times as well and play within that which is very similar to something i've been learning called indistractable actually um and they're saying you know schedule in the things you're you're getting you're wanting to do and your urges are but make sure you know you schedule things in like that so i love you've got a balance there and you are giving yourself permission because i've been in a place where i've planned like everything and it's like work 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 mm. work and it backfires, you get exhausted. Um, so. Oh yeah, I've done that and it has ruined me. I mean, it, we did it together in, in one of our coaching groups and it yeah. like, because that I, I cannot operate that way. I was ruined for a period of time and had to do a lot of emotional, mental journaling on what that brought up. But yeah, I mean, and I, so many people say it's like work-life balance. I absolutely hate that. It is not balance. Balance would mean like it needs to be like this, right? And it needs to be in balance. Like when you say balance like this, you balance your work and your life. That is so not true. I see it as a work-life dance or no work-play dance. And, it, and in order for the dance to operate and you must be in flow together, right? You both need to be doing the same exact movement for that dance to provide and to be beautiful and to produce. So one day I might be like, fuck it, Johnny. I don't have anything concrete planned today. I'm going to go skydiving and eat snow cones and dance on the streets for an entire day. Right. But then the next day I might be feeling totally focused and spend, you know, nine, 10 hours working that day. It's a work play dance. It's a dance. It is not balanced because you can never get balance with work and life. 100%. Like it, it ebbs and flows all the time. Mm. Yeah, too much, too much structure and <laughs> too much structure and that forcing yourself to do stuff all the time can get exhausting. So yeah, I'm glad you said that the dance. I love that how you describe that. So that's awesome. So Ashley, you've given us some amazing, amazing value. And I love how you're bringing, you know, the fun and play into this. Uh, because it's something you could easily think, oh, it's not important, but it is important. It's important for your productivity. It's important for your mental health. It's important for your 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 self-esteem, essentially, because, you know, you're creating that good 
connection with yourself as well. So just before we sort of close off today, are there any kind of final points you would you would make in addition to anything we've talked about? I mean, I would just reiterate the gratitude. If anyone takes one small thing from here is to start practicing daily gratitude. And if you want to venture in, start with the letter to your inner child. Um, or even think of what was something you did as a child that was always so exciting and you couldn't wait to do it. Put it on your calendar this week and go do it. Whatever it is, maybe it's like having a snow cone, maybe it's swinging, maybe it's going down a slide, maybe it's going to the river, whatever. Take an hour this week and just go do it, but do it with intention that you are connecting with that child. Um, yeah, and I would say try any of those things and, and start getting on your journey to alignment because once you are in alignment and you have really worked on that relationship with your inner child, I never thought life could be so beautiful. I'll be honest with you. I questioned bringing children into this world because I was like, it is such a dark place. And now I'm like, this is the most beautiful, abundant place I have ever seen. Yeah, that's awesome. Beautiful. So Ashley, such amazing, amazing stuff and love the work you're doing. So where can people find you if they want to find more of your work? Yeah, so um, I am on Instagram, Ash, A-S-H underscore Abramson, A-B-R-A-M-S-O-N. I just this week released my podcast called The Unicorn Effect. It is all about the unicorn effect method that we kind of talked about and touched on today. And that can be found on Apple, Spotify. And then there's some really kick-ass videos on YouTube in regards to that. And if you want to see where you are at on your alignment, I do have a free alignment quiz um, that generates a little response of where you are at. And that can be found at coachwithashley.net. It's just a quick five minute quiz and you can see where you are at within alignment of your um, purpose and your business and your personal life. Love it, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, go do it, Johnny. I'll do that right after this so yeah thanks so much again for being on Ashley and we'll be sure to put those links in the description of this episode so people can find your extremely valuable stuff again so once again thank you so much for coming on today and giving your story and giving us so such value thank you so much Johnny for having me I absolutely loved being on and you know I love your energy and your sarcasm is my favorite <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. So that concludes our episode today. And don't forget, work through your self-doubt to your self-confidence. And I will see you in the next episode.